0: I really, really wanted to be creative and I think that is quite easy to lose when you're just in the day-to-day. You know, deal with the phone call or reply to the email. For me, it was that reminder to take a step back.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, I'm talking to Athena caller you about getting meticulous. Athena, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Hello. You've, Hello. Heard, you've heard my radio voice for the first time, face to face. I have. I have.
0: It's
1: weird. It's weird. I have to be professional now. Okay. So, um,
0: speaking, speaking of being
1: professional, for the benefit of our listeners, who the fuck are you?
0: <laughs> I'm Athena. I run a luxury letterpress print and fine stationery company called Meticulous Inc. uh and based in Bath. Um I've had my business and my shop for 12 years, almost Whoa. 13 years. Whoa. Um and I love making things. We do a lot of different things in the business and in the shop. Um we've got a retail shop, we do bespoke printing and I teach workshops as well. So I do calligraphy and brush lettering workshops. Nice. And less press printing as well.
1: So you should never really ask a lady their age, but how old were you when you started this business?
0: Uh, 25.
1: Nice. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's great. So that's pretty wild to like, at what is a relatively young age, decide you're going to do a brick and mortar business yeah. in a... Industry that some people would have said is dying. Like, mm. how did that come about?
0: So, I've uh, always been creative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I ended up studying um, arts and media at university, uh, specialised in fine art print because no one else used the print room. Nice. And, like, everyone else is all squashed up in the fine art studios and then the print room was just, like, empty. And, you know, then you just had your own technician, basically, which was great. Um, so end ended up doing silkscreen printing. And then after university, um, got a job, after doing door-to-door charity fundraising. Nice. As, uh, you know, as we all do. Indeed, yes. Uh, it was intense and terrible and great. Uh, and then I got a job in a stationery shop. Uh, like a posh stationery shop in London, Mm -hmm. Uh, worked there for like a year and a half and then got headhunted by another stationery company in Mayfair, Uh, worked there for a year and a half and like did a bit of negotiating and got them to teach me how to use the computer programs. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was just doing print consultation. So I'd help all the people with choosing all the things and then, and I was doing print finishing. So that was like quality checking and doing scoring and tying bows and, you know, gluing and mounting. And, um, and then, um, so then worked there for like another year and a half. And then always wanted to mode business. Um, my mum was always very encouraging, very much like just leaving self-help books around. Oh, I love just that. Subliminal messaging in there. Um, and my dad had uh, restaurants. I grew up with my mum. Yeah. Um, uh, but he always just had cash. <laughs>
1: yeah, the restaurant game like, oh. will cause that, yeah. <laughs> mm,
0: indeed. Uh, and then um, it came time to leave London because my other half was from Dorset, and did not really like London the whole time we were there. <laughs> so then it's time to leave London. And I thought, well, I might as well do the thing. Um, and I can do this better.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. So then
0: uh, it didn't even enter my brain to not have a shop. I just really wanted to have a shop. Um, so I did the business, started the business plan maybe like November, December. Uh, And then uh, that June got the uh, business loan, July found a shop, August handed in my notice, September got the keys, October opened.
1: (laughs) Why? And you've never looked back?
0: Yeah. But I got a business loan, three credit cards before I left my old job and then used my life savings and then opened the shop.
1: Shit. That's that's real. Like yeah, like okay. Yeah. So there's so much to unpack there. There's a lot there's a lot to go <laughs> at. So um parents separated. Um grew up with your mum who yes. sounds like a very encouraging lady. She's
0: a badass. Yeah. I like that.
1: I like that. Mm. Your dad, what kind of restaurants did your dad run?
0: Uh he had like Oriental restaurants in Northampton. Cool. Um, he had a restaurant and a takeaway
1: The best um, ever Chinese I've been to Was in Northampton
0: Oh, was it? Maybe it my dad's restaurant
1: <laughs> Maybe, what's it called?
0: Maybe. Uh, the Imperial Oriental House You're
1: fucking joking <laughs> That's hilarious That's hilarious
0: that hilarious <laughs> So
1: I took my wife to her first ever Away day for football To Northampton, yeah. the Cobblers And uh, When was that then? Uh must have been six years ago now maybe and yeah we wanted to go oh, out for chinese and that was the one recommended on google that's so funny that's hilarious
0: funny. i can't i don't remember when he sold it because he sold it um and they kept the name i don't remember when that's, uh,
1: fucking, that's crazy what are the chances that's of that so
0: funny. <laughs> no. okay
1: so what kind of um in terms of business what kind of influence were your parents
0: I feel like it was a really weird childhood because mm-hmm. we we didn't have much money at all. Yeah. And my dad would come and then he would give the child support. Yeah. And then he would go. And then the the, the time between him I had a really happy childhood. Yeah, no, and you're not You're not
1: giving the impression you didn't. That's not...
0: Yes, okay. It's just coming um, across
1: like uh, I can see where some of the tenacity has come from.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but my dad would also ply us with shiny objects. Yeah. So we'd have like, you know, the new trainers and the mini disc player I had and uh, uh, like a digital camcorder, you know, just like lots of shiny things. Yeah. But then we didn't have – so there's, like, maybe five days. So every time he would come, then there would be, like, a longer time between then the next time he came. yeah. And uh, so my mum would be trying to contact him and obviously no mobile phones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would just get longer and longer between each time. And there was, like, maybe five days where we just didn't have – any money and we couldn't buy any food mm. and we just didn't like I couldn't take any lunch to school and I was too ashamed to ask or to tell anyone at school
1: yeah and yeah, and yeah. I remember
0: my my friend uh, she used to get free school lunches and we weren't signed up for it and I think that was partly maybe in hindsight because of like My mum's shame, or maybe she was scared that, like,
1: yeah, it's it's a a tricky one and stuff.
0: And um, and that was that had like a huge impact on me. And I always knew that I wanted to have my own business, so I didn't rely on someone else. I love that. For my money,
1: how many siblings Um, have you got?
0: I got two siblings. So my sister's nine years older than me. Yeah. Um, and then my brother is two years older than me. Yeah. But I feel like we each had a very different upbringing.
1: Kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds like you um, got the the short end of the stick in the end. Right.
0: No, see, I think I got the best end of the stick. Oh, end really? The okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Mm. Yeah. No, I I completely appreciate that. Funnily enough, uh, I think my, for want of a better phrase, control freak element and mm. um my business fire comes from the fear of repeating what my childhood was even though mm. lots of my childhood was lovely but yeah. but being poor is fucking hard and unless you've yeah. been poor you don't know
0: yeah
1: and it also being poor and i think this applies to you too when not when quite a few people around you are affluent mm. so like when it's framed I think upon it's to a be thing of people
0: like for me people didn't think i was because yeah we had other shiny things
1: yeah yeah so like the free school meals thing it's really yeah. hard to have to get in the other queue. Like, mm. like that's <laughs> tough. Yeah. And like, I had that. My mum was actually a dinner lady and I had to get in the other queue.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm like, this oh. This is really shit. Yeah. Like, because everyone knows. Yeah. And like,
0: that's the poor queue
1: over there. Yeah. Over yeah. There. You can have the set menu because that's yeah. what free school meals covers. Mm-hmm. And your friends are having two puddings and an extra drink. You, <laughs> you can't have that. Like, uh, uh, at 12 years old that's fucking hard to process but mm. it does ignite something in you about not wanting that in the future and like
0: yeah absolutely
1: and like learning things like abundance mindset that mm. that there's a lot out there for you i think you mm. well, you go one of two ways you either vic- become a victim of it or you try not to <laughs> so, mm. so okay thank you thank you See, for- i
0: feel like um for me with the like the thing I have difficulty with is that I know that I can survive on very little. Mm. And like, that's always the thing that I find difficult to deal with. It's like, Oh, well I can like, I've been to worse than that. I can deal with that. thing yeah. that's quite hard and not ideal. You know?
1: Yeah. It's a tricky space that I, I think, um, you know, I do okay now, but I think mm-hmm. people think I'm wealthier than I am mm-hmm. because I survive on very little yeah but that's just like I'm um, it's ingrained in me like my yeah. like like a daft thing but like people say to me why do you shop at Aldi I'm like why don't you shop at Aldi yeah. you fucking maniac <laughs> like so it's, like, it's the same food <laughs> so yeah <laughs> like, and, like that kind of thing and I, I've started to like get a bit precious and get past that now with with certain things because mm-hmm. you start to like realize how important time is so Mm. When you start to value time, you start to realise that sometimes paying extra to save yourself time is worth it. But yeah. yeah, that that it's a blessing and a curse that you can live off a shoestring because sometimes yeah. it makes it makes your financial comfort zone like very low. Yeah. And then trying to be aspirational when you know I actually I can get by on twenty quid a week. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's, right? So how have, like you've been in business twelve years now. So yeah. There must have come a point where you were like, I can't just keep scraping by. Like, I've got this loan. I've got these credit cards. This needs mm. to be legit. I need to, like, make this happen. What? Yeah. How did that happen? To be fair,
0: it took me a long time to pay off these credit cards. Mm. A lot, like, much longer than it should have. I do not recommend doing that. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, But it was, I think it was... Um, so I started the business with my then other half,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: and then we broke up.
1: So how, Um, how long from starting to break up?
0: Um, I think four years.
1: Okay. So you made a good go of it, both relationship wise and business wise.
0: (laughs) We were together for like 10 years.
1: Why? Almost.
0: Um, is that right? Yeah. About that. Uh so it was like, yeah, four years in, we parted ways. Um, for lots and lots of reasons, but some of the reasons also because he was very, very anxiety, mm-hmm. like full of anxiety. And so I was then hiding financial things from him so that he wouldn't get stressed. So then I was like, Okay, I can carry this burden because he obviously cannot and uh so then we went through the process of me buying him out and having to actually go through all the financials and then him realizing oh we haven't just got loads of money and um him thinking it was worth like three times as much it was
1: do you you mind sharing the numbers what what did he think it was worth so
0: what happened in the beginning so because we we went through everything together Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like to come up with a number of like what the value of the current like everything that was in the building was
1: yeah like the asset value of the business
0: yeah and i think initially i offered him 20k Yeah. He then went away and Googled <laughs> and decided, no, actually, I think it's worth 60. Uh, I think it was 60. He then asked. For, like, no. So he, he's
1: saying it's worth 120 grand, basically. And he yeah. wants 60 to get that.
0: And uh, so then we then asked our accountant to like do it from the outside, basically, so that yeah. they would come up with a value, blah, blah. And obviously they had all, because we still had the credit cards paying off, or, you know, they were only just getting paid off. Um, and so then they came back and they said, well, actually on paper, because of the debt you've got, is actually zero. So So then I offered him 10, and we negotiated a bit, and then he got 12.
1: Fucking hell. <laughs> So he's that he's like kicking himself, wishing he took the first offer. Yeah, yeah, but like that's the re, that's the reality of business. So you can be you can be a cash wealthy business, mm. um, and not be worth anything, or or yeah. or not, you know. And I think a lot of people get especially bricks and mortar businesses. If you've got mm. if you've got rent to pay and like maybe yeah. one or two staff, and then.
0: It's
1: a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, <laughs> it eats into the money. You know, like we have situations where staff ask for a pay rise and rightly so, you know, if they're doing well, they should. Mm-hmm. But you're like, the only person that's going to get paid less so you get a pay rise is the business owner. And it, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> you know, unless, you know, the deal is, okay, you can have your pay rise, but only if you bring in three times that much in income. <laughs> And, yeah, and that's exactly. not what's going to happen. So it's like yeah. there's so much to consider. So you've you've scraped to grow the business with, yeah. with your partner at the time. You've then had to give him 12 grand, which I imagine wasn't a sum that was that easy to come by.
0: So then I had to get another business loan. <laughs> <laughs> and get a, a friend loan as well. <laughs> Pay him off. Pay those. And then once that was done, actually, then I felt like, oh, I can actually make some money now. Yeah.
1: And when did that start to happen?
0: So that was, I think that was like two years it took me to pay off those, I think. Um, Maybe three, let's say three. And then, um, because then as well... um, we moved everything to the one premises as well. Mm -hmm. We had two premises more. Why? And then, then, yeah, and then it felt like, but it's that thing as well of, even though it felt like, okay, there's more money, but I don't need that. So then I would still live on very little.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but like, I would suggest that then gives you some incredible options in life because Mm. you can either reinvest in the business, which a lot of people don't reinvest as much as they should. Mm -hmm. um, Or you can do other cool shit. And when everyone else is, and I could, you know, a really like lazy example is lots of people go to the pub on a Friday and a Saturday. They Mm. maybe have a takeaway on a Friday and a takeaway on a Sunday. And Mm. that alone, that's a 300 quid weekend. Yeah. So, like times that by 52 and Bloody <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and i think you know i'll uh, i'll give some context so the reason i met you is we both bought gary vaynerchuk's vfriend nfts and we're both in that web3 nft community i think probably both come into it Neither of us are actually that bothered about NFTs and Web3. It was, yeah. it was more we like Gary and we liked the idea of what he was building. Um, Absolutely. So, rolling forward for me, how did you go from a business that was starting to pay you, which is good, to mm. spending a significant amount of money on, on an <laughs> NFT? <We'll
0: see. laughs> so, I had no intention of buying an NFT. Okay. Like no, like I saw all the stuff that Gary V was doing and, you know, all the hype that he was talking about and like explaining what NFTs are. And So how that.
1: was, how was Gary V in your world at that point?
0: Oh, I'd followed him since like YouTube Ask Gary Vee days. Nice. So I followed him for a good few years. Um, and I just really like that he swears and he's got great energy and he's very much, real about business, like, yeah, yeah, you do have to work fucking hard if you want your business to succeed. Yeah. And – but also being very positive about it and, like, he's a real optimist.
1: Yeah, okay. I love – I love. I like, really he, like that. I love, like, his uh, outlook on the positive impact you can have on the world by yeah. working hard.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, being scrappy and doing the unscalable things – yeah. And I just really like that. So I'd followed him for a good few years anyway. And then he was talking all about the, you know, V Friends project and NFTs. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I had no intention. So it came to launch day mm-hmm. and then it all got delayed. Yeah. And I think yeah, I, yeah, I, I happened to have a day off on that day. And then I was like, what? Oh, just uh, have a look and see what this is what actually is this what is ethereum what is this
1: yeah that was my and, problem i was like i know what bitcoin is what the fuck's ethereum
0: I was, yeah like, i didn't even know what bitcoin was i was just like what even is any of this and then i was like well and in my head for some reason i just thought well maybe like eth is probably worth like 800 pounds I don't know why I had that in my head. And then I was like, let me just go and see what ETH is. And at that point, it was like two grand. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> And so I was like, no, this is not for me. This is not for me. So then, for
1: context for the listeners, um, we knew when it launched that the like the lower tier VF1s, Series 1s, were going to be one ETH. And yes. we, we knew that. So you that, needed so. to
0: have one ETH. And yeah. You kept going on about it. Have one ETH, and you were able to get a thing. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, one ETH. Oh my God, it's so expensive. Uh, so then ran away and did not. And then it just kept getting delayed and delayed. And I feel like it was a little bit of brainwashing. Um, it was just, I kept, you know, kept coming up on my feed. And I was like, oh my God. Oh. And I had a bit of money in the business. And I was like, well, I haven't taken anyone out. So maybe I could do the thing. And I just thought, fuck it. <laughs> so i took the money and um at that point i think Eth is even more and i was like and i was like it's fine i just won't tell anyone it's okay (laughs) (laughs) i won't tell anyone but i'm gonna buy a jpeg and then so i bought my first nft which was the hot shit hornet yeah friend
1: yeah, so I guess if you don't that know is. what an NFT is, um, you've probably not been listening, but um, this an NFT is a non-fungible token. They, they come in all sorts of forms, um, generally delivered as a, as a picture or a, like a small video, but um, some have utility, some don't. Some are purely there for the art. Some exist as tickets. Some exist as like all sorts of stuff. And Gary's, uh, he had all sorts of variations, but ultimately the, the kind of crux of the deal was you were part of this world that was based on values that he strongly believes in, um, Mm -hmm. that he wants to educate the world on positivity. And also you got access to his conference for three years.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Ah! So you've Uh, now taken the plunge and dropped two grand. On on a really bad drawing of a hornet.
0: It was really bad, yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I've done the same on a really bad drawing of a turkey. Yeah, um, it's
0: great, right?
1: <laughs> I, I at the time, had not long been married to my wife, and we are obviously in the middle of COVID as well, so I had to then yes. explain that I'd bought a really bad picture of a turkey to my wife. Mm. Did you have anyone you needed to explain to, or were you like, this is my secret?
0: I did not. Did I? Um, I'm just think, trying to think what time of year it was um it would have been like end of May, right?
1: Maybe. yeah, it was definitely April May time because it okay. was the the anniversary um, of it was essentially the first vcon oh yeah,
0: that's true um so i I did have a significant other but um we were in the stage where I do what I want <laughs> because we were still quite fresh and new. So nice. I was like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and then didn't really tell anyone else. Ooh. And then, and I think maybe I didn't really say how much it was.
1: Yeah. No, and, I don't get that.
0: Uh, And then, because then there was, then I was like, okay, I bought my NFT. That's fine. But then there was loads just on the floor. So because he did it as a Dutch auction, yeah. so the prices kept coming down, and there were still loads left, at, like the bottom price. And then I was like, "Oh no!" And uh, there were still specs left as mm. well, so they're spectacular ones. And so then I took out some more money and I got a spec. Oh.
1: So have you got <laughs> have you got a spec hot shit hornet as well?
0: No, I've got a speck major moth, lava major moth.
1: So I don't know what went wrong with me on this day or whether I got caught napping or whatever, but by the time I got Mm. round to it, there was only rares left. Oh, is it? Yeah. So I ended up dropping more than I should have. (laughs) And to this day, we still don't know if that means anything, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it will. But right now, I've got a brown background instead of a white background. That's like literally it um yeah but not just turkey right yeah yeah it's great for the tu- i mean the tu- the turkey, <laughs> like the hot shit hornet is is a good one and i think the turkey's a good one as well like yeah you got to be you got to think about how much exposure the characters are going to get yes um,
0: very good thinking yeah
1: yeah like karma kiwi that was always going to be a good one like yeah. you have to like really like get ahead of it and mm.
0: I didn't think about that, though, when I was buying it. I was just like, which one speaks to me and which one looks all right? <laughs>
1: uh, I was at the point where it was like, what's left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, right, best of a bad bunch. Fucking, Amer- uh, Americans love Thanksgiving, a turkey's got to be all right. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> but ultimately, like for me... This gave me access to a conference that I knew Gary V would be at for three years. And yeah, I was like, exactly. fucking hell, I'd pay up to 10 grand for that. So I'm in. Mm. So you've made this mad move, bought this NFT. At what point? Well,
0: when I got the spectacular one, I did not tell anyone how much there was. I was just like, no, that's locked down.
1: So I am keep. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a good idea how much that cost. And yeah. yeah. What a well, move. Have you still got it? Yeah yeah i
0: bought do you know what i bought it because i was like right i'm gonna buy this and then i'm gonna sell it and that's gonna be my deposit for my house did i sell it did i fuck
1: (laughs) And and, and like for context for the listeners it would have easily been a house deposit at one point yeah 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 i mean a fucking chunky house deposit
0: yeah
1: no offense um, so, i mean i, I, I had fine. the same thing i remember i know wa-
0: i was there i know
1: i walked into like <laughs> a, a mastermind business mastermind and started talking about it and people were like what the fuck are you talking about so, oh. I sh- so i showed them what i'd paid for it and what it was worth there and then mm. and they were all like holy shit surely you're gonna sell it I'm like, absolutely not like no i'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be gary Vee's best friend <laughs> fuck you so, that's
0: right yeah
1: so Knowing the journey from this point then, how did you go from I've bought this NFT to I'm gonna take time out of my business to go to Minneapolis and actually go to the conference?
0: Well, I just I just had to. I mean, how could you not?
1: Well loads of people I mean, don't know, right? Which blows my mind.
0: It does it doesn't make sense to me. I mean um I just knew how awesome it was gonna be. It was gonna be so awesome. And it was. So I had no doubt that it was gonna be amazing.
1: Yeah, same. But very hard sell to anyone who had no idea who Gary V was or what an NFT was. True, yeah. You know, I I I had some pretty deep discussions with family members okay. around like Yeah, this is going to be good for me. I'm going to meet people I'll never otherwise meet. I'm going to network with people Mm. I'll never otherwise network with. It's going to take me from a local business to an international business in one move. And Mm. it's going to expand my mind further than it would ever get expanded if I didn't do it. And and when you say stuff like that to family members, they think about having you sectioned. (laughs) (laughs) I literally told that story on a podcast recently. I was like... I'm fairly sure my wife and close family members thought I was on the cusp of insanity. Yeah, COVID's done him. (laughs) Like he's 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 bought a picture of a turkey. He's buying flights to America. (laughs) Like he's never travelled on his own before. What the fuck is going on? Oh yeah. How?
0: Oh, there is there is like a bit of like a cult feel to.
1: There's definitely some people who are so ingrained in the cult of it that I'm not sure that they can see the wood for the trees. And then there's some people who've bought it purely to try and make money. And mm-hmm. they're, and it's even worse for them, I think, because mm. like it's just hot it's not a transactional thing and people are treating it like it is. And um mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a story in business really, is that if you get ultra transactional about your business, mm-hmm. you lose the kind of joy of business. Yeah. You know, like like that could be a good way of explaining how someone who's in like an artisan traditional business like you mm. can be so uh optimistic about such a essentially clinical technological space because yeah. it's the human element right it's the like the touch and the feel and the mm. and the values so yeah i don't know your vcon 1 story because i didn't meet you till vcon 2 so
0: correct
1: did you decide to travel by yourself? Did you get your own accommodation? Was it the first time you'd ever travelled on your own? Like, talk to me.
0: So, uh, I started hanging out in Clubhouse a lot. Yeah. Um, and just sort of started to like know people in there. Um, and I happened to be in Clubhouse when uh, the venue for the other location before the first VCon got announced mm-hmm. and uh, Loïc was in there. And because uh, I think something got leaked or something before it actually officially got announced. Yeah. And so we all happened to be in the clubhouse. I'm pretty sure that's right. And we were like, oh my God, it's really nice Go, go, go. And then, so then everyone that was in the clubhouse just went and booked places
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And... And then, and we, me and Loic just happened to both book at the Moxie, which is the one that was like literally across the road from the stadium. Yeah. Um, And, but I like booked my flights and everything just by myself. I think I was already in then the WhatsApp group. So there's a UK WhatsApp group. Um, And then we started planning, there was like a VCon WhatsApp group as well. For people that were
1: actually going. See, I can't um, imagine what that was like. Like the buzz <laughs> it was around like, that.
0: So fun. It
1: must have been wild. And I'm sat yeah. there like not knowing that existed. And I'm not like, I'm not asking for sympathy. <clears> but my <throat> experience of it was like, fuck, I'm going to America on my own and I don't know anyone. And like, yeah. like I'm take I've taken a massive punt and I've not spoken to a single other human who's got one of these <laughs> things. <laughs>
0: That's a very different experience. I actually didn't. I I knew
1: one guy who'd got one, but he wasn't vaccinated, so he couldn't go.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, so I had no one to like soundboard off. So and everyone. But were you
0: in the Discord
1: then? I'm like a reluctant Discord user.
0: Ah. So I was there, Mm -hmm.
1: but I don't think anyone knew I was there. And when I commented, I got crickets. And so I was like. I was like, well, I, to this day, I'm in a few discords now and I I, st- I don't really get it. Like, I'm mm. I'm like, this feels like the matrix to me. I'm not sure what the fuck's going on. Like, See,
0: I was quite heavy in the discord as well. Yeah. I was like trying to, because, um, you know, they started doing the, um, uh, like, points for how many messages you were sending and then they they were like doing a prize for if yeah. were the most.
1: Oh, were the you discord. on the leaderboard?
0: Oh, I was like in. I was like in the within 100 and 200 because we someone
1: like we know that. was high up on the leaderboard, right? Oh now, yeah, and they fell out with someone yeah. who's quite famous in the community for yeah for it, yeah, sassy, sassy. sassy. yeah, that's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I'm not. I have no idea where this is going business wise for for like a <laughs> for like a growth podcast, but um okay, so. What was your favourite bit about VCon? Let's 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 go there.
0: Um, it was wonderful to put people to the names because mm. I'd been. No, I've no know, idea in what that was fucking like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just wandered around on my own for three days. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: so it was really lovely to actually, you know, then you'd be chatting to someone and then you'd figure out their Discord name and you're like, "Oh my god, that's you! I know you already." Uh, that was really lovely. And just making loads of friends is really nice. Yeah.
1: It's mad. Like, even the first one for me, it's like walking into a room full of your best mates.
0: Yeah, and like because when, you when, all when there's 5, already have something 000, in common. Yeah. It's just, like, lovely.
1: And, like, a lot of the people are very values-led because that's what the movement is. Then mm. we're all geeks one way or another. There's, mm. like, you know, could be creative geeks, could be... Like technology geeks could be crypto geeks, yeah. But like we're all, none of us are mainstream. It's probably like a safe way to say it. Like we're we're all like coming at it from the the fringes, and you just walk into that space and you're like, fucking hell, this is what life's meant to be like. And so, my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are (laughs) my people. And like even this last time, I came back and I was buzzing for so long afterwards that I was annoying. (laughs) <laughs> like, like you just you just like and i'm still buzzing now this like every once in a while i'll sit there and like chuckle to myself about something and then i'm like oh check yourself there's people watching you weirdo what the hell? Like, yeah <laughs> so you went to vcon who who were you like your best speakers for the first one
0: uh jesse yeah jesse eisler i was sitting on the floor and i arrived uh i didn't arrive for the very beginning but it was like packed out
1: yeah, they they made a mistake and put him on a side stage.
0: They did, but it was cool though. Like,
1: yeah, it, yeah. Really it was like the stage that him. you wouldn't even know was there if he wasn't speaking yeah. on it because it was just like, exactly. hidden in the stadium.
0: Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, I was like sitting on the floor in there, and he was great. And I really liked how you know he had like a DJ there and like for his yeah. thing, it was like a lot. You know, he'd made a lot of effort into his whole presentation and like you know those pictures and yeah, yeah, it was really really good. Um, I wrote a lot of notes during that one.
1: I'm definitely stealing that DJ thing. Like, oh, yeah. When I get yeah. to the point where I get booked for a talk and it would be acceptable to turn around and say, oh, by the way, I need some decks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. it. Yeah,
0: that was great. Yeah, I love that. Um, who else was really good? Uh, it was lovely to uh, see uh, Danny Cole. Yeah. Speaking on stage and, um, uh, yeah, it was just really cool to see all the Web three, you know, the Web three celebrities, I suppose. Yeah, see, I'm, i
1: like, I've never really got enough into it to know who they are. Mm-hmm. So
0: and like ferocious, and,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, cool. I'm like, I don't know who these people are, um, but. <laughs> But then I was, like, so inspired by uh, – Jesse Itzel just, like, was the highlight for me by a mile. And and I'm, like, in his program now. I'm obsessed with the guy. Like, he's a beast. Mm. But, uh, like, Gary's talks were so good. And then, like, just, like, I think Pharrell was amazing. And I I was Mm. sort of pleasantly surprised by some of the, like, A-list celebrities who had Mm. um, projects. And when they talked about them, you were, like, shit. You're successful for a reason, you're not successful just because you Mm -hmm. got lucky. It was like Yeah. It was inspiring. So you went to that, came home. How did that impact your business?
0: Um how did that impact my business? Um you know, I was very fired up, obviously, after the first one. Um Do you know what? It was more a thing of um then I really really wanted to be creative and I think that is quite easy to lose when you're just in the day-to-day in the running the business keeping Mm. the cogs turning you know deal with the phone call reply to the email and for me it was that reminder to take a step back and um, actually make and create and draw and design things and make new products that I really love. And because we've got our own brand, our own line of stationery and yeah. greeting cards and, um, I run workshops and we've got kits and things. And so it was just really nice to actually instill a bit more of that back in. Yeah. For me. And What, what difference know, did that make to the business artists? Um, I don't know if it, like, increased our revenue, specifically.
1: But, I
0: think... It made me feel a lot happier.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's kind of, that's what I was hoping you'd say. Yeah. It's like, the return was more than financial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I felt
0: reconnected to why I wanted to, like, I love being creative. I love designing things and, like, looking at colours and choosing different papers and thinking up a drawing and... Doing the thing and then
1: printing it. Yeah, and remembering that it's not a job.
0: Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's
1: more than a job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely I completely feel the same way. I came back I mean for me it gave me the self belief that I could be an international business. Um mm. but ultimately it was it was the passion to deliver and to like hone my craft. Mm. And that... Like for what? Like my my NFT cost just over three grand. Then mm. add in travel and pissing about in Minneapolis. You know, it's a five and a half grand investment <laughs> sort of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: My return, like maybe not financial, although it was in my case, it was financial too. But Great. my return was just monstrous.
0: Mm.
1: Like, the, did
0: you expect that?
1: Um, I didn't do it for that reason. Not certainly not financially. I didn't do it for that reason. Yeah. Um, in terms of self-growth, self-worth, um, self-actualization, I definitely hoped it would have an impact. I had no idea on the level of impact it would have. Mm. Like I'm, I'm a different person, uh, you know, and for the better. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I can just achieve so much more now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like it took the it took the ceiling off yeah and like i see the world through a different lens as well that's that's what's wild it's like i really struggle with other people's negativity now where before mm-hmm. i used to like get in it
0: isn't it interesting yeah
1: so before like you know like when people like even just like watch the news and then you are be like oh yeah that is shit
0: yeah, now I'm have like, you seen this? Oh,
1: this is rubbish. Yeah, yeah, like oh, fucking raining today, and now I'm like, just don't see the world. Like, I'm like annoying. Like I'm, like, I'm <laughs> like, oh, it's pretty warm today, but it's raining. I'd probably be quite nice to go for a walk in that. Like, <laughs> it's and like, we've got something going on at work at the minute that isn't is challenging. Let's say, and it, mm-hmm. uh, it's a historic thing. I think someone's trying to take advantage of us. And mm. I like I enjoy it, like I enjoy the challenge. Yeah. Where before it would have been like a problem that consumed me. Uh huh. So it's a very different perspective. That's great. But I see it in other people too that have gone through the same. Like there's mm-hmm. there's people that I met on day one of vcon one that mm. come day four because it was it was a it was a three day conference plus a piss about the first time round. Um, come day four,
0: yes. good times, good times.
1: They were like, it was like they were like, it's like they'd had a weight lifted off their shoulders. I was like, "Fuck!" Like you were in black and white, and now you're in color. It's this is mental. That's lovely. Um, So, we've obviously touched on what that did for your business, what it did for you, falling back in love with your craft. Mm. What was the conversation around internally around going to the second Vcon?
0: Oh, I mean that was a that bit like that was, <laughs> yes. I don't understand what. Yeah, <laughs> was, yes, obviously. Yeah.
1: Because the next <laughs> objection I got when I got home was like, "Oh, do, do you need to go to the next one?" I'm like,
0: "Oh no, it was that was there was no question. I'm going to every single one."
1: So here's yeah. a here's a good question then. <laughs> Let's assume, and I'm hoping this is the case, that after the third one, it just becomes one of those things that as long as you've got a V friend NFT. Yeah. You can buy a ticket. Would you? Will you keep going?
0: Um, I hope so. I don't. I I'm not convinced that they'll I carry on. Yeah,
1: such a big thing. Like, I don't
0: it? know if it will be an, an a yearly thing.
1: So I read a rumor that the way they did it this second time was much more like South by Southwest with massive like multifaceted mm-hmm. festival in America mm-hmm. um, to see if they can make it commercially viable. Mm-hmm. If that's true, I'm, I think I'm a lifer. Like I'll just be there every year.
0: I don't, <laughs> don't care
1: what country I'm going.
0: Yeah. I think if it uh, goes outside of America, I would be much more tempted. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? Like, if it's, like, fully international, like, this year we're going to go here, this year we're going to go here, this year we're going to
1: go here. To go here. Yeah. Because then
0: it's, like, an excuse to go somewhere new. Oh, yeah,
1: I love I like that. that. I have really, I, I think it's a bit of a shame if my one criticism is Indianapolis and Minneapolis were quite similar places. Like, there's mm-hmm. loads of varied places in America, but mm. but those two, those two just happen to be very similar.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, it would be cool if it was, like, in Texas or something and then, like,
0: I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. And then
1: like <laughs> Seattle, like completely different type of place. Yeah. But but yeah, I'd love it to go global, but to be honest, even mm-hmm. if it was like in a complete shit hole, I'd still go.
0: I mean, yeah. But the thing with the thing with V-com too was it proper felt like summer camp because you knew loads of people
1: well, you, I didn't you might have done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
0: sorry Joel. <y'all>. Uh <laughs> but now you know lots of
1: people yeah
0: <laughs> and it just felt so love like a lot more intimate a lot more like oh the friends oh my god so i
1: i loved the fact and i wouldn't have noticed if it hadn't have sort of happened this way but so many people were in nfts and crypto for money and mm-hmm. at vcon 2 those people weren't there yeah but basically yeah. cuz the market had crashed but yeah
0: <laughs> but it meant that
1: it meant that the people there were the people that fucking love it yeah. and like they were like if you're going to build a tribe of people that love your business that's the way to do it it was just yeah. like this is like wild like i could be sat for 5 minutes and speak to like three new people and it was as mm. if they knew me yeah
0: and it was uh, still so
1: lovely yeah and like like i saw it with you and i saw it with other people like in our uk gang where people would just come over and start talking to us like they knew us. Yeah. And you're like, this is, this is wild. so nice. And I think think on the last day we were walking out and two people came up to me and like, oh, we've got your book. Can you sign it? And I was like. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. This is mental because like (laughs) you only know me from social media. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so humbled and so like, to be honest, like, socially anxious by this scenario right now (laughs) that like i'm like i'm like massively overwhelmed (laughs) but like in a good way and yeah so what would you say um vcon 2 has meant for you did was there a did you notice again like a another kind of like pump
0: it was a lot more about um like it really felt community for me this time going back and you know seeing lots of the same faces and being like oh I know you uh you know having a proper catch-up and it being that bit smaller and like you say you know getting rid of the people that are in it for the money and it being the people that really want to be there yeah. Ugh. and you know just making friends in the queue and you know, queuing up to meet Gary and all that kind of thing, and just being able to have a conversation with anyone that is vaguely in your vicinity and yeah. be able to connect over.
1: You could literally interrupt everything. people you don't know's conversations and they would just bring you into the chat. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think the spin off for me from that was, how can I recreate that in my business? Mm-hmm. Like, like we have a, a member of staff dedicated to kind of customer relationships now, purely mm-hmm. because we want people to be like, Ah, oh, I should speak to Codebreak. Like, yeah. I like they might know. It's like I yeah, want, yeah. I want that, and like we don't just want to be the the company that people come to when they need marketing. Like I'm sure you don't just want to be the company people come to when they want some stationery. It's like, mm. like oh, I've got ideas to bank. So I should speak to Athena, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, what's next for you?
0: So, I am slightly tweaking the business, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I think I'm doing a bit too much at the moment. Nice. Too many things. So, I'm just, just bring it in a little bit. And I want to make it easier for people. Yeah. So, we do bespoke printing. Like, my focus has been very much on doing utterly bespoke so we start from scratch if you have a vague idea of something then you can come in and then we will you know figure out the unique thing and then I will design it and it's going to be fucking cool and I think I forget that not everyone is creative in that way Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I can see it very clearly but they maybe cannot see it so I'm trying to reduce that barrier and so I'm going to start doing made to order things so that I can design a range of invites for example and then they you know people that are maybe not as creative as me can actually see the thing and be like oh that's a really cool invite I would like that I just want that and that or You know, maybe they see the envelope and they're like, oh, I really like that, but maybe I want that in a different colour or, like, slightly tweak that or can we make, you know, can we have a different illustration? And so that just makes it a bit easier for people. Mm. I want to take away the friction. That's what
1: I want to do. I love that. I love that. I think, like, that's such a smart way to develop the business because – we see this with so many of our clients where they try and be all things to everyone, like all things mm. to all people to start with, which is kind of like um, a symptom of trying to gain traction anyway. And then...
0: Yeah, just try everything. Yeah. Like anything. Yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> throw as much that. shit at the
1: wall <laughs> and see what sticks. Yeah, But then, like, you have to be bespoke in nature at that point because you don't quite know what people want yet. You need mm. the experience before you can gauge what people want but then when you can start to like productize your business and come up with like semi pre-prepared things yeah it's far more scalable yeah and but you don't you don't take your passion or your craft away from the business what you do is you put your passion and your craft into creating the next product rather than trying to create an incredible product for every single customer that comes through the door yeah exactly like yeah, if, yeah. that's a lesson people can take from this episode that's that's massive because there's so many businesses out there particularly creative businesses but it's the same for accountants that they're like oh we will we do it this way for this client because they prefer it that way mm-hmm. so no fuck that
0: do yeah. it the way you should <laughs> do
1: it and if they don't like it you're not the accountant for them yeah and, and when you get into that mindset, you start doing the work the way you want to do it. And when you start doing the work yeah. the way you want to do it, it's far more scalable because you can do 10 mm-hmm. times as much.
0: Yeah. And it's also the thing of, because um, I've started designing, uh, we're starting with wedding invitations mm-hmm. and I've started designing, uh, I've done three so far. And like, I was finding it really fun to just think of what I think is a really good looking wedding invite mm. and doing it exactly the way I would like it to look. Yeah. And then putting that out in the world because then it's our style, it's the way I want it to look. And And
1: you know, pe- that and that then people are buying that. Cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I
1: think like the frustration for for creative types is if somebody comes in and says, I want a wedding invite like nobody else has had before but they mm. don't know what they want. Mm. That they're, they're impossible to communicate with. That 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 client is impossible to please because they've got I'll no... I know it
0: when I see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> know, yeah, that's the worst line. i know <laughs> it when I see it. And then like and also when you show them something that they don't like, they can't communicate why they don't like it. Yes. And then you're yep. stuck. It's like, oh well, I uh, don't give like me blue. Some words, yeah, please. yeah. I don't like blue. blue. Well, but you asked for it in blue. Yeah, but I don't like that blue. Well, what blue do you like? I don't know. Oh, fuck off. Like, just get, get out of my shop. Like, I, I, This is like my inner graphic designer coming out. But like, oh, yeah. like, oh why is there so much white space around the edge? Because uh, that gives it room to breathe. It makes it look classier. Well, it just looks like a waste of space to me. Get the, get the fuck out of my shop. Like, yeah. So you've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you?
0: I am meticulousink everywhere. Uh, you can follow us on all the socials. Uh, I'm probably on Instagram mostly. Yep. Um, you can buy from us online meticulousink.com, um, and you can see lots of examples of our work on there as well. Uh, I'm also on TikTok. Hell yeah! I'm trying to do the TikTok. Yes.
1: And okay, threads I now. Am You're am on threads team. now. You're like down with the I kids. I'm on threads. Yeah,
0: that is true. Yes, I am down with the kids. Yeah. Nice.
1: <laughs> Thank you for being such a great guest. <laughs>
0: That's all right. Thanks, Joel.